For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this special edition of Pick 6 Podcast. We're going to have more of these where we have more during the course of the week. Uh, Sam McCune along with Evan Bland here. We're going to talk a little Nebraska baseball. Uh, off to a rough start, 0-3-1 uh, out in San Diego. They play South Alabama uh, this weekend, so we're going to kind of go over everything that's going on with the Nebraska baseball program early in this season. I want to remind everybody to uh, check out the Even Field podcast on the Omaha World Herald. Uh, it has a spotlight focus on women and girls sports uh, and uh, with Josie Whalen and Eileen Mesler. And it'll be uh, good uh, for people to kind of check it out. It, uh, it, it has uh, just kind sort of a unique spin, and it's feature-focused. So there will be more on the athletes and uh, who power the teams that we all love to watch. Uh, so check out the Evenfield podcast. All right, Evan. Nebraska baseball 0-3-1 after the, uh, the start of the season down in San Diego. They lost just about every which way you could. They had a game where they didn't hit the ball very well. Um, they had uh, a game that they blew, and then they had the bizarre game on Monday that you, I think you described as, what did you say, unholy? It was an unholy spectacle, and it was. Seven-inning seven tie. Okay, so we'll, we'll get to that game in a minute, but I want to start with this. Going into the season, and you wrote a lot of good preview um, stories, what was the expectation that they had going into the season, and how was that not seen? Or seen in the opening weekend? Well, it was flipped on its head on the opening weekend. Coaches and players looked at what they had done in fall and in the spring, and they felt like, yeah, we have some pitching depth here. They point, I can't tell you how many times I heard this reminder that they had like three or four Friday, former Friday night starters who would be coming out of the bullpen. Uh, Michael Garza and, and Shea Shanneman and Kyle Perry and Brett Sears. And it just it, it didn't manifest. I think the starting pitchers were, good, were were decent. I think you can definitely build on that with what you saw. All of them at least went into the fifth. But they could not, for the life of them, find anybody other than Jalen Worthley, a freshman from Lincoln East, to get big outs in a high-leverage big spot. And the most glaring of, of it all, of course, were the walks, the hit batters. There were a couple balks that factored in heavily. Right into the outcome too. And, and then like on Monday, let's I mean high leverage. They're up sixteen to ten. They have a six mm-hmm. run lead. There's no high leverage. Not at that point. But you know what I mean? Like sure. they weren't even able to get it up done with a six six run lead. No. Oh. And, and and you give up six and it's it's I mean it wasn't a walk off technically, but it was it was a tie. You give up six to tie in seven innings. I mean what a what a ridiculous, gross finish to four days right. on the West Coast. But offensively I think that's if you want to talk about the positive side. I think that's where you have to start. Um, what we'd all heard from about Dylan Carey, the freshman third baseman, absolutely came to pass on opening weekend. A couple home runs. Uh, you know, Will Bolt said they essentially he essentially forced their hand in moving him up the lineup. He started in the seven hole and ended the weekend in the two spot. And so I think there's 
the depth that the coaches felt like they had through at least one weekend was validated. So, I, you know, I think you're encouraged by that. Defensively, they only committed two errors on the weekend. Uh, that really wasn't the reason why they lost any of the games. So you can point to some things to be encouraged by, but it's, again, you, you go to South Alabama this weekend, and if you have to answer the question of who do you trust in a one-run game late, after that first weekend, there's just not a ton of confidence. So, you know, essentially you have to to bank on track record of some of these guys, mm-hmm. um, and you have to sort of hope that it was a, an opening weekend's opening weekend jitters sort of situation. So, uh, you know, it, it's an interesting spot where you have to sort of see what happened and, and judge the team accordingly, but also you don't want to overreact knowing that you've got 51 regular season baseball games left to go. So it's a, you know, the results weren't what you're looking for. Um, but if the bullpen sort of becomes what it looked like it could be and what some of their backgrounds suggest it could be, then, you know, I think you can paint a picture that Nebraska can turn things around, you know, as we head into March. Hmm. So early in the Erstad tenure, I think maybe the first year, um, you'll have to help me out if, if the second year went this way too. Nebraska's pitchers did struggle to uh, just attack the strike zone. There's just no other way to put it. Um, they, they, and this was very true in the Mike and the end of the Mike Anderson era was, was, was very disappointing. You know, they, they had, I think one pitcher in Michael Marriott that was pretty good, maybe a couple other guys, but the last couple of years of the Anderson era, I mean, they were giving up 20 and 17 and they just didn't attack the strike zone. A lot of that was built up on walks. And then you get in a situation where you got two or three guys on base, you have to throw strikes and all of a sudden you're. Mm-hmm. You're, you you've burned your arm out. You're you know you're giving up bombs. I thought last year Nebraska and frankly for the, the entirety of the Bolt era they've they've done a really good job of of just throwing strikes. Generally speaking, what happened this weekend? Is it just first first weekend jitters? I think that's what they're working through right now. I mean, you know, Shea Shannon was tabbed as their closer and came in in a couple of those spots, and he's had points in his career where control has eluded him or things have have snowballed a little bit so you know you wonder what that's like bolt mentioned uh, a lot of guys came in in messy situations that escalated quickly like that that monday game uh you know shannon couldn't find the strike zone late and all of a sudden mason ornelas is up warming up and he comes in having to warm up in like 60 seconds because it didn't look like he was going to be needed but then it was walk hit by pitch hit by pitch and boom suddenly he's in the game so i think that was you know, part of it, I think San Diego actually is going to be a pretty good team. They were in a regional last year. They're going to contend in the West Coast Conference, which is a decent baseball conference. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you have to you have to figure it out when the bullets are live. That's what they always say. And, and baseball is sort of tricky in that way, right? Like, you can, you can have command of the strike zone in the bullpen or behind the scenes, but it's just different. When, when you've got a live batter up there, sort of like golf, right? Like you can sure. you can hit off the tee pretty well if you're on the range, but if you got a gallery of folks watching you, it's just a little bit, a little bit different. Um, and you're right. Like Nebraska, traditionally in, in the Big Ten era, has has found the strike the strike zone. And I heard from a lot of fans this last weekend about, you know, fire the pitching coach and all this. You know what? Last year, despite the team's struggles, the pitching was the best part of what Nebraska did. Oh, it's been good for two years. And that's despite yeah. a lot of the that's injuries that they had. So I think you know the injuries obscured some of what that. What was their ERA last year? It was good. It was in the low fours. Yeah, it's they pre- were top, pretty good They were for top 70 baseball. ERA yeah. last year. Yeah, they, it's been an asset. Now, what I thought was different this weekend is, well, okay, so Shannon has that situation on Monday 
But I just, again, I just feel like there were opportunities to other than Worthley, and they just they did not appear to be anywhere near the strike zone. Like, and you know, you can throw strikes if what if throwing strikes is an absolute priority. If you're not worried about the other batter, and you know that you just got to you got to trust your defense. Do they have a short porch in, in San Diego? Like, was there some concern that they no, were going to take really. a bunch out? Because that, that didn't seem to be the weekend story. No, not really. I mean, it was, it was a standard park. It's not Iowa. Weather was fine. Um, you know, it's it's like, I don't know, it's it's confounding. It's it's like Nebraska yeah. basketball with free throws. Like, just make them. Just practice it more and make them, right? Just throw strikes. But, like, sure. there, there was a, you know, a mental component for whatever reason in the opening weekend. Last year, I went back and looked last year when they went to Sam Houston State. It wasn't quite as pronounced in terms of the walks and the plunked batters, but it was not good. And that followed up into the next weekend and sort of set the tone until they smoothed things out in Big Ten mm. play. So I'll be curious, you know, one, who they trust in those big spots because the, the starters are still building up and you're probably not going to go more than five or six. So who do you trust? Uh, but then, yeah, can, can you just throw it over the plate and trust? Like, I thought... Um, I think it was Jace Kaminska made a good point. Like, at some point, you have to trust that good hitters are still going to get themselves out. They're going to swing at a pitch and they're going to miss Absolutely. it by a half an inch and, Absolutely. and they're going to ground it out. So you have to put it over the plate. You have yes. to trust your defense. You have to trust your stuff. And it's it's easier said than done. And and you really don't know until the games happen. Like, you can have all the bullpens you want, but I'll be curious if it was an opening weekend aberration or if this thing continues on. Now this now the, the, I can be completely wrong on this, and I probably am. I think that a team gets so much of its who it is, its identity by its pitchers. Like, I I certainly, great offenses are great, and don't get me wrong, but there's very little that's more demoralizing within the context of a game than a staff that can't, that walks people over and over. Because mm-hmm. the offense is like, well, I mean, we're only going to be successful one-third of the time. Right. If, you, if you're creating a scenario where that team is successful one half of the time or two thirds of the time because you you're not putting them in position to make a mistake or to fail because baseball is a game of failure. That's demoralizing. Um, so like I, I appreciated what Will Bolt said. I think it was after the first game, maybe the second game about the offense. Um, it was the first game because he was thrown out of the second game, wasn't he? The third was game. He I think he was thrown out. And like, I know you, you've you had the thought process of, well, you know, that their hitting was bad last year, which is true. It was it was historically bad, and they, they need to fix some of that. But I mean, early in a season, playing down there, when you really haven't played baseball baseball, I kinda, don't you kind of expect that? Well, here, here's a number, and I put this in my scouting. And they hit though. better as the, se- the weekend went on. They hit well. Nebraska's... In February, under Will Bolt, you want to take a guess what their record is? Did you did you happen to see that? I did not. Okay. What do you so think? So just general, I'll give you like a winning percentage because okay. I don't know how many games. Nebraska games in February. This is Will Bolt's fourth year because they and did he play played those, all the February they the games. 2020 games. Yeah, in February. Uh, winning percentage of forty percent. No, two sixteen and one. Two wins, sixteen losses, one tie. Will Bolt Nebraska baseball teams in February. So. Yeah, two wins. Does that surprise you? Yeah. Being that bad? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I thought I would have said six and, you know, 13, which yeah. isn't good either. Which is not great. 
but it. What well, I mean, what is that? It that's, speaks. I think to that's just winter teams having to go and that's play part down, of it. and it speaks yeah. to the level of team that they schedule. You think about they played Baylor. That includes TCU last year. It does that includes um, Arizona State in 2020? That that was a good team then. So. I think that's part of it too. Is you have well, to, I, the, yeah. San Diego's sneaky good. That was a hard. You have to recognize kind of what the situation is a little bit. On the other end of it, you look around the Big Ten. The only only team that was undefeated in the Big Ten last weekend was Iowa, and they're playing, uh, you know, Indiana State and uh, Quinnipiac. Um, what, what did Maryland do? They they went uh, they won their series against South Florida, and then they lost a midweek to West Virginia. Mm. But my point being that, like, you can – Nebraska's in a tough spot because you can tough, tough, schedule tough like they have. And if you win a couple of those games, you're in great shape with your RPI. If you don't, it's tough to make up for that. Or you can schedule how Iowa tends to, which is to play other northern teams at some neutral location. But their situation at the end of every year has been, you know, yeah, their record's pretty good, but their RPI stinks, and they're always on the wrong side of the bubble. So – yep. Yeah, you know, Nebraska has to kind of figure that out. Either they Rutgers got burned last year doing that. Find, Lost exactly. to UNO. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you got to find a way to either start hotter yeah. or stack wins um, and hope that you can make it up in the Big Ten. So that's kind of where they are at with that. Hmm. Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll end with this. South Alabama this week, they're 4-1. Uh, I don't – I mean, they haven't played terribly distinguishing teams. Eastern Kentucky, they lost to them. Then they beat them 26-6. to Beat Nickel State. Um, I don't know who else they beat. I mean, they're not – I mean, they're playing smaller schools. But South Alabama's not terrible in baseball. No, they're not. I mean, they, they're they a good team at home. Uh, historically, a decent Sunbelt team. Like you said, that 26-6 to game, they had 20 walks. So, like, yes. who knows what they are offensively. It's hard to say. Yeah. They have a couple good pitchers, though, and I think that'll test what Nebraska does. Um, and you look ahead to next weekend when they play in Vanderbilt and Ole Miss and Hawaii up in – Minneapolis, like this is still part of that stretch when you're on the road where you really either bank some wins and build that resume or you get exposed. And so I think it's another sneaky big weekend before they come back to Haymarket Park where historically then they start racking up some wins against the Northern Colorados of the world and some of your other non-cons. But this weekend and next weekend, next weekend is obviously big. This weekend I think is sneaky big if they want to get on track here before coming home. Will Bolt's tone in the post games, which I listened to and you quoted on Twitter, we're angry, and to me, anger often connotes surprise. Is that accurate? Yes. That like he that was unexpected. Yes, I mean, he said as much, especially about the pitching on on uh, Wednesday when we spoke with him. He's like, "Yeah, that's not the the pitching pitching group that we've seen." And you know, he ended one of those quotes uh, that was in the Monday game when he, he just was looking at the box and he's like, 16 runs on seven hits," and just you know, just muttering it like just. How disgusting is that? And it was because of the walks and and well, he basically started saying he was going to pull guys. Sure, I mean that was the quote. You're not going to be out there, and that's a Dave Van Horn thing, by the way, for people who are listening. Dave Van Horn used to pull guys fast at Nebraska. Now Dave Van Horn has maybe the best pitching staff in America every other year at Arkansas, so he doesn't have to do it. But to Dave's to Van Horn's notable credit, he cared about that a great deal. Like that was that's a big deal to him, and he's built a program that's built on, you know, loving up the pitchers. I don't know if the Nebraska is that way. I think Nebraska. Uh, here's the thing. I say that the offense isn't as important as the pitching, but simultaneously, I think Nebraska in the baseball under Will Bolt needs to be a team that scores a lot of runs. Because I don't, I don't see a program that's like outside of the two years ago when they had a bunch of older guys. I just don't know. 
that they're going to be like a pitching dominant team. They need to score runs. We'll see. I mean, when they've done well, their best teams have been pitching and defense. They have. And the offense has true. been good enough. So yeah. I think they think that it's easier to find pitchers and coach them up than it is to find a lineup full of impact bats. Mm-hmm. So, you know, only a handful of teams can do what LSU does and TCU does. Or and Arkansas does. Or Arkansas, in terms of the offense and, mm-hmm. and how they can stack Yes, that. that's true. So, you know. I think Iowa finds a way, though. Well, They're pretty good elite, on offense. They have elite pitching. Like Iowa has good pitching. offense often years, though. Yeah, they're all right. But, I mean, it, I think it, part of it's an identity thing. Like, what's – you can't change that year to year. You can't be really good at pitching one year and then stink and try to outscore everybody. Like, I think they believe pitching and defense is going to rule the day. The offense will come along, and they'll figure it out as they go. But I do think that will be an asset this year. So it's an interesting dynamic. All right. That is the Pick 6 podcast for this week. For Evan, I'm Sam. We'll be back next week to talk more about Husker football, Husker men's basketball, and who knows, maybe Nebraska baseball will get a sweep of the Jaguars. Thanks a lot, Husker fans. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.